You are listening to the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believers Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and knowledge of God's people. My name is Jason Rowland. Thank you for listening in. Whoever you may be, wherever you may be, may the Lord bless this podcast to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth. And on the podcast with me today is Philip Castleton. And Philip, this is the 99th episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. So we're closing in on 100. Right. And we said this uh, earlier in a previous episode, but we came in today and there was a cake and balloons and a banner recognizing um, the 100th podcast that will actually come out next week. I know. And I'm excited because now that I've eaten lunch... I'm actually allowed to have some cake, I think. Yes, yeah. and it looks delicious, doesn't it? It really does. In fact, it's so pretty, it doesn't even look real. I know. But to give a description, it's kind of a, a, a coffee color with chocolate running down the side and sprinkles at the bottom. On the top, it has a similar colored icing with sprinkles and Oreos stuffed in it. And then the inside is a two-layer white within a, with a layer of frosting and then chocolate. Yeah. 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 Oh, it looks but, good. Uh, I uh, can't wait to get into it, and we will do that. It probably came at quite an expense for the two people who listen to the show. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> when we uh, when we come to the hundredth uh, podcast, we'll we'll uh, talk about gratitude. And, yeah. Well, we could probably invite both of them, and it'd still be enough cake. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> so the the two of you who bought the cake, you can come on down in the next thirty minutes, and yeah. we'll eat it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, we're going to um, address the question in this episode, how is it fair that I am counted guilty because Adam sinned? How is it fair that I am counted guilty because Adam sinned? And first of all, I think we need to address that word fair. I I was hoping you'd go there. Yes. um, Fair is, is not a biblical word. When we talk about God and the attributes of God, and we talk about the sovereignty of God, the providential uh, working of God in history and in our lives, fair would not be a, a word that we would use to describe any of those things. Right. Well, and, that, and probably the reason is is because what we assign, um, at least most English speakers, <laughs> I think, we assign. The, the 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 notion of equality mm-hmm. to fairness mm-hmm. that's what we you know so we ascribe to the to the word fairness equal treatment on both sides right, right. and so and um, and that's not necessary the Bible never never claims that either right but we we assume that and so I think that's probably why um, it's not a good biblical term right yeah. so with that being said, Let's talk about what we mean when we ask the question in that way. Is why should I be counted guilty when I wasn't the one who was in the Garden of Eden and sinned against God in the beginning? But nevertheless, what I understand about Scripture, and and without going into all the details that explain that, what I understand about Scripture is that I am counted guilty because of Adam's sin. And so that's the, the, the thought behind the question. So I think that we need to first of all say and briefly that it is true. I am guilty. I am counted guilty and the sin of Adam is credited to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
secondly, we need to recognize that there's a remedy for that. Yes. And it includes the idea of imputation. Imputation, how would you define imputation? It, it, just as a word, a definition. It's an accrediting term. Right. So it's an accounting term. Right. So um, it's actually in some texts, it, the word is reckon. Yes. Okay. So um, to reckon something to uh, one account or another is really, it's an accounting term, which really is used that way. So uh, imputation is accounting to or accrediting one person with um, the uh, the accomplishments of another. Right. Does okay. that make sense? Yes. Yeah, right. Okay. So then what has been credited to me, what has been reckoned to me is Adam's sin. Mm-hmm. But the remedy is also a reckoning. Sure. And we'll talk about that. So right. uh, let's go to Romans 5. Right. And let's break down the text and kind of talk through this. Um, there's a lot to break down and there's a lot to discuss and give thought to. But there, it's really simple in what's being said here. I think there's three main ideas that, that could sort of stand out as we go through the text. So why don't I just start, Philip, and then, then we'll uh, take turns go for going through this. Therefore, um, which refers back to chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, where Paul lays out all of the benefits of salvation. And, and we see that, number one, we have peace with God. We have access by faith into the grace which we now stand. We rejoice in hope. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character. And so all these things, then, Paul says, therefore, because we have these things mm-hmm. in Christ, just as sin came into the world through one man, that is, sin came through Adam to the world and death through sin because the wages of sin is death. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. And then he stops, like Paul stops, like in the English translation, English standard version that I am using, um, there's that long um, hyphen that, that gives you an indication that the main idea, the main thought has stopped by the writer, and he's going to he's gonna take a side trail. He's going to, parenthetical statement. Yes. Is yes. what's coming up. Right. right. So we need Which to... Which lasts all the way through the end of verse 14. Yes. Yes. So we need to establish that what he's saying here is that sin is coming to the world through one man, that one man being Adam, and therefore death is the result of Adam's sin. And so it death becomes the consequences for all men. Because all have sinned. That's the key, right? All have sinned. It is, but it, but it didn't say all have sinned. It says all sinned. Yes. And, and what I mean by that is he's not actually talking to... Um, I think it, I think it certainly is referencing the fact that because we have inherited a sin nature in Adam, we therefore sin. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately what he's saying here is when Adam sinned, death spread to all men because all sinned in the sense that all were in Adam sinning with him. Yes. So we were in essence in Adam's loins, right? Yes. We were in essence with Adam in the garden Eating the fruit. Yes. And I think that's the argument that people want to make mm-hmm. uh, as if, if you were in the garden or if I were in the garden, we wouldn't have done what Adam did. But the testimony of Scripture is you would have. Yes. Yes. Uh, and gladly mm-hmm. and, and and without um, without hesitation. Yeah. The, the argument, and this is going to be the, 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 the key to, to understanding this, the argument is, um, by the way, um, I'll, I'll, here's a side note. Um, 
this is an argument also for why we believe in a, in a, um, a literal atom and a literal creation. Yes. Because he's going to so attach who we are in Adam and who we are in Christ. He's going to attach these things in such a way that to do away with one of necessity does away with the other. Yes. Okay. Right. So if we don't have a literal Adam, we don't have a literal Jesus. If we don't have a literal imputation of, of, of sin, we can't have an imputation of righteousness. So I mean, he attaches these things in such a way that it requires of us to go back and have a literal Adam. Yes. So I want to make that point up front. But, um, but what's so interesting about this is that, like I said, we, we are desperate to all men because all sinned. We were in his loins. We were part of it. We were... Um, in him, you know, this idea that I wouldn't have done it, you know, if uh, if I weren't there, it, it just simply isn't true. But it establishes for us this whole idea of federal headship, which is imperative to our salvation. Yes. And so if you would, if you could argue away, you know, your attachment to Adam, even if you could argue that away, well, now you'd be arguing away the potential for... Um, for imputation of righteousness on your behalf. Yes. And you'd be stuck with earning your own righteousness. Right. Then the question would be, have you sinned? Whether you sinned in Adam or not, has it been a reality in your life? Right. The question is, the answer is yes. In which case, now you're without remedy. Right. If you do away with federal headship, then you have no union with Adam in the beginning, but you have no union with Christ at the end. Right. And that federal headship thing is very important. Yes. And, and it's the way that God has seen fit to work work out redemption in, in the course of mankind. Right, and that's the argument that's being made here by the apostle. Yes. He is establishing this reality and understanding so that he can ultimately point to the imputation of Christ's righteousness to the believer. Right. Um, and so the believer's response is joy, gratitude. Um, I want to be obedient mm-hmm. because of what Christ has done for me. But you referenced this parenthetical statement, verses 13 and 14. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. That is, before the Mosaic law was given, the right. law of God passed down through Moses, sin was alive and active within men. Um, but sin is not counted where there is no law. And, and these can be confusing. It can be. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. Right. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses over those whose sinning was not like the transgression. Was not like the transgression of Adam. Okay. So, so the, the by the uh, way, and look at what it says: who was a type of the one to come? And we'll get back to that because that's federal headship thing. Yes, yeah. that's that's establishing the whole point, isn't right. it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, sin indeed um, was in the world before the law was given. That is that. The, the law only causes us to recognize our sin, right? right? And then uh, um, sin is not counted where there is no law. What, and what, what he's saying there is b- before, if there's no law, I'm still guilty before God. The problem is I don't know it. I don't yes. recognize it, right. right? Now, keep in f- mind that the law, the codified law, the written down, Moses, you know, the, the commandments themselves, were actually already in existence. And this is why sin indeed was in the world before the law. Because the, the, the written law is only that which is written down, which is already existence in the conscience of man, mm-hmm. right? This is why the man without the written law is still guilty, mm-hmm. right? Because right. sometimes he does. And, and uh, what, is, uh, what is written in the law? He, he, no one has to tell him not to lie. No one has to tell him that cheating on his wife is wrong. Right. He knows that instinctively, and right, and yet he violates his conscience. So it wasn't that the law didn't exist before it was written down. It did. Right. It existed in 
nature, but it also existed specifically in the conscience of man, right? right? So God just took what was already in existence and wrote it down, right? Right. Gives it to man. But before that's the case, man is in darkness to some extent on what God expects. But that doesn't mean that God's law is set aside. He is still responsible for every violation. So the, the law is given as an act of grace right. to bring man to the recognition of his stance before God right. and the fact that he stands in condemnation. And, and that's what the law is coming in. And that's what he's talking about here. Yes. And and the, the sinning that was done was which which was not like the transgression of Adam mm-hmm. just means we were all guilty even if we weren't Adam in the garden well it yeah, and more specifically as Adam had been given a rule yes that's what and it means. he broke it yes but we hadn't been given a specific rule and yet we still violate God at every turn yes so even though they hadn't broken a specific thou shalt not like Adam had uh-huh. they're still guilty Right. And there had been, and we know that they're guilty for this very reason. Death existed from Adam all the way to Moses. Yes. If there had been no death, you might could argue there was no sin. But the wages of sin is death. And the fact that Adam died and every man up from Adam all the way to Moses died argues that every man was ultimately guilty, whether he had the written law or didn't have the written law. Yes. Right. right. That's the argument he's unpacking. Yes. Here. Yes. Uh, but who was a type of the one who was to come. That is, Adam was a type of the one who was to come. That's that federal headship stuff. Yes. This is the whole idea of the imputation, because if Adam represents us as the sinner, then Christ represents us in the righteousness that is necessary to be in relationship with God. Yeah. We have what Adam couldn't do in the flesh. Mm Mm-hmm. Christ did right. in the flesh. What Adam couldn't do in the perfect environment of the Garden of Eden, Christ did in the wilderness. Yes. Right? Right. What and, and this is that's the whole point when it says that Adam was a type, right? Mm-hmm. What Adam did or what Ad, who Adam was <coughs> is prefiguring the Savior, yes. right? And what Adam failed to do. The second Adam does. Right. That's that's what he's unfolding yes. there. And when you say type, and when Paul uses the word type, he doesn't mean a figurative. Well, he means it's something that's going to be fulfilled perfectly yeah, it's later. It's a literal person yeah. who is a type right. of the one who's going to come. Okay. You, go, go ahead and di- discuss some of the, the rest of beginning in there in verse 15. Well, but the free gift is not like the trespass. Okay, so he's talking about Adam's sin. For, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more um, have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ abounding for many. And the free gift, uh, gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For judgment following the, the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. So he's, he's making a comparison between um, Adam and, and Christ, right? Here. Right. So uh, the free gift that he's talking about, the gift of grace, that is salvation, is not like uh, the trespass. Many people died through one man's trespass. Much more have the grace of God and the free gift of the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. So... Um, it, it, he, he's going to go on to contrast here in 16, more specifically, the free gift is not uh, like the result of that one man's sin. So we, one man commits one sin, many men die. Right. 
But even though there wasn't just one sin to pay for, which is what he's going to say, there were many sins. One man's action dealt with all of those sins. Yes. And that's what he's going to say in verse 16. Well, let me let me comment right here yeah, on verse 15, Philip, because I want to see the language here, and I want our listeners to see this. But, but Paul says, he uses the term much more, mm-hmm. grace of God, free gift, abounded for many. This is the language of one who recognizes the extent of what has been done for us by the substitutionary atonement of Christ. Yeah, he's talking about the surpassing worth of one over the other. Yes. Absolutely. And, and so I just want you to, uh, those who are listening, to recognize the, the, the language much more free gift, abounded. This is something that, that is overflowing and um, completely engulfing the idea of the, the sin being imputed to well, us. Well, what he's saying in 15 is the free gift's not like the trespass. Right. And then he says, many died through one man's trespass. Mm-hmm. But here's how it's not like it. Many live through one man's offering. Right. That's the distinction he's making yeah, yes, there, yes, right? Yes. Many died through one, and it's not like that at all, because here we got an offering which is going to bring many to salvation, yes. right? So that's what he says in 15. In 16 specifically, we have one trespass, which is the, which is all that's needed to throw everybody into condemnation. Mm-hmm. But there were many. It wasn't just one that Jesus paid for. Jesus went to the cross after many sins had been violated, right? right? So for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brings justification, right? So if one, verse 17, for because if... Uh, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man. Much more, even greater than that, will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So again, the whole con- the, the, the contrast from the beginning of the end is what we've already talked about. Where Adam failed, Christ won. Where Adam uh, couldn't, what Adam couldn't do, um, you know, in Reformed theology, especially in covenantal theology, it's often said that Adam went through a um, a uh, probationary period, right? If he had um, if he had succeeded during that probationary period, then we would just we would all be living in, in perfection and so forth. Right now, mm-hmm. I have a hard time with that um, ultimately because uh, the whole term probation feels as if. God was in limbo or something, not knowing exactly how Adam would play out. Mm-hmm. Or and 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 I um I think it's an inconsistent view to hold with in the context of God's sovereign decrees, right? Right. I think that God intended um in his decree for um to to be the reconciler of men, right? And so that th- th- there's <laughs> things necessitated in that. Okay. But uh, it, it's so interesting here though that uh he, 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 the whole argument from 15 to 17 is that Adam <coughs> couldn't do what Christ did do. And that in, in that one man, through one trespass, right, all men became guilty. Mm-hmm. But through one man, despite many trespasses... He's accounted many righteous. Right. Right. All are justified. Yes. And when we say when we say many, the many are the believing. Um, so we have to make sure that we don't say that this is a universal um, transaction that's been made. Absolutely. Uh, this imputation is not for everybody. This imputation for those who believe. Yeah, and actually the way, because it'll say all and all and many and many. The, the best way to understand that, I think, is all of those who are guilty 
are guilty in Adam. Yes. All of those who are redeemed are redeemed through one man, Christ. Right. Right. So when you use the all, they're categorical alls, right? Ooh. The one in the, all those who are in the category of guilt find their guilt in Adam, right? Yes. All of those who are in Christ or are, are, are saved or redeemed or find themselves with righteousness are in righteousness because of Christ. Right. But the all that is um, designated in Adam's guilt would be inclusive. It would be everyone. It's not a, a category of certain well, segments. Well, that's why I said it the way I did. Okay. So I think that all those who are in sin uh-huh. are in Adam. Uh-huh. That is, so So if there's somebody without sin, and there was Jesus, he was outside of Adam. Right. 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 But all those in sin are in Adam. Yes. Okay. All those in righteousness are in Christ. Are in Christ. It's still a complete group of people. Yes. But they're only those who are in righteousness. The same group in the beginning. It's a whole, it's a group of people, but it's only those who know sin. Right. Right. Which we know is every man but one. Yes. Right. Right. This other group is is not as big. Right. But it's still the whole group. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that way you can consistently use the word all in both ways. All of this particular group are in this one. All in this particular group are in this one. Right. Yes. And um. And that way, you're using all the same way both both times. Yes. So verse sixteen says, therefore, as um, this is verse eighteen. I'm sorry. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. That's what we've been saying. That's what we're talking about. The all and the all. Right. Verse nineteen. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Yeah. And go back to verse 17 and look at the end of that text. It's a free gift of righteousness. Mm-hmm. The point there is, this is where we're getting back to that imputation thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we were declared sinners on the basis of Adam's sin, mm-hmm. but we're declared righteous, a free gift of righteousness. A righteousness is not our own, a righteousness that comes from outside of ourselves. It's a free gift of righteousness that's imputed to us because of, right here, one man's obedience. Right. Right? Isn't that what it says in verse 19? Yes. One man's obedience, they will be made righteous. So, go ahead. The, the, the point um, that we want to draw out of this, uh, uh, there's three main ideas. The idea that um, sin, the sin of Adam is imputed to all men. Right. Um, that the righteousness of Christ is imputed to all believers. Mm-hmm. And the sin of men is imputed to Christ. Right. In 1 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21, make that clear, right? Yes. We, he became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him and Christ. So that being said, uh, we have the three imputations you just said. Right. At, we get Adam's sin. Okay. We're declared guilty because of Adam. Right. Christ is declared sinner. Because of us. Right. Or, I should, no, should not sinner. He's declared sin. Sin. Because he's never a sinner. Right. He's declared sin, right. right? Because of us, we're declared righteous because of him. Yeah. And this is why it's so important if we, if we, if we could argue away our imputation and our, our connection to Adam, well then, th- to, on the other side, we have to argue away not only our sin debt put on Christ, the expiation of our sin, but also the positive righteousness that is ours because of Christ. Both of those go away too, because if imputation is not true, if imputation is not real, then it works on both sides of the equal mark, mm-hmm. the equation, right? right? 
and we're in trouble. Right. So that's why it's important to answer the question. Yeah. Is it fair that I'm counted guilty because Adam sinned? No. No. It's not fair. No. It's grace. Yes. Absolutely. And if it weren't for grace, um, then um, that would be another discussion about works. Well, that's the whole problem with fair. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, Whenever we use the word fair, we're always putting things in the category of wages. Yes. Right? Right. This is what he's going to I say. I work 40 hours a week. That's what he's going to say in Romans 4, mm-hmm. right? The man who works gets wages. Right. But the reason that our, our, our salvation comes through faith is so that it can be according to grace. Mm-hmm. And grace can't be owed. If it's owed, it's not grace. You've, you've changed categories. You're redefining grace, which means unmerited, right? So that by, by means, so is it fair? No, it's not fair. It's grace. Yes. It's grace. Yes. Because if, it, if, if, if God gives us fair, even if he doesn't impute Adam's sin to you, you have sinned. Mm-hmm. Okay, the problem is you've gotten no hope for righteousness. Right. You're still a sinner, but you've gotten no hope for righteousness. Right. And if you want to use the word fair mm-hmm. as a sinner, then what is fair is your condemnation. Yeah, wages of sin is death. Right. Yes. You want your wages? Well, you, he can give them to you. Yeah. Right? right. That, that's So, yeah, fair is not the right word. Uh, well, fair is not the right way to look at it. Yes. Believe it or not, even the imputation of... Adam's sin entitled me, if you will, to imputation. Not not in every case. I'm not, that's a wrong word. I shouldn't say entitled because that would make every person who's a sinner entitled. I don't mean that. But I meant it um, It made me eligible, <laughs> right, for the imputation of grace in yes. that sense. Yes. Because um, it doesn't entitle me eligible. Because if I don't have that imputation, I'm still a sinner. Right. Because I have sinned. Right. Regardless of Adam. Right. And eligibility there doesn't mean certainty. Like every person is not. Yeah, and saved. that's not what I mean. Right. Yeah, yeah, I don't mean that. I just mean yeah. that I can't do away with one without doing away with the other. So even if I can't see it outright, um, the imputation of Adam, me and Adam, um, is an act of grace because it allows imputation of my sin, expiation of my sin, and the imputation of righteousness. To, to my account. So, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Praise God for that, right? Amen. And right. thank you all for listening. We hope again this episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast has been helpful to you. We appreciate any uh, reviews or likes or shares that would uh, move this pa- podcast down the line to help some others. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. Mm-hmm.